You're listening to the Sketchnote Army Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rohde, the author of the Sketchnote Handbook and the Sketchnote Workbook. And this is the podcast where I chat with sketchnoters and visual thinkers and try to understand what makes them tick. This episode of the Sketchnote Army Podcast is brought to you by the Sketchnote Idea Book, the sketchbook designed for sketchnoters. Equipped with a no-bleed, no-show-through paper, the Sketchnote Idea Book can take almost any marker or pen you can throw at it. Save 15% on your entire order of Sketchnote Idea Books or AutoQuill pens at the Airship Store when you use code IDEABOOK15 through December 31st, 2021. To claim your 15% off, visit airship.store today. In this episode, hear from Ari Alvarez, a visual thinker, design thinker, and teacher from Mexico City, Mexico. Hear how Ari made a shift from being an industrial design professor at a university into full-time visual thinking and teaching, and how experiencing professional and personal burnout led her to this radical change. This is an inspiring discussion you won't want to miss. Hey everyone, I'm here with Ari Alvarez. Ari, welcome to the show. It's really good to have you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's so good to have you. I've seen you around so much, and I just thought I have to bring her on the show and hear her story and hear what she's doing. She's so interesting. And the other thing I would say is um, in this season, it seems like I'm starting to talk from people, talk with people from um, Mexico and the South. So I have someone who was on just, uh, I just recorded someone who came from Costa Rica and who came to the States. So I think there's a whole, I, I sense there's a whole community in Mexico, Central America, South America, who often are not seen and are starting, I see them popping up and I, that get me, gets me very excited. And you're one of those people. So I'm really glad to have you on. And I hope that um, that will lead to more and more people from the South America and um, North America, right? Who speak Spanish or Portuguese that we can have on the show to tell their story. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, well, I'm uh, an industrial designer by choice, and everything I, I learned from was from a designer's point. Mm-hmm. And I thought that what you used to do as a designer is be creative and uh, drawing very good and analyzing things very deeply. So I uh, studied a master's degree in uh, color, in interior design and color. And that took me to, uh, someone invited me to teach, to go to university and, and teach some subjects there. So I said, okay, I, that, ha- that wasn't never in my mind. I, I never thought I, I could end up teaching someone. Hmm. But while I was working, I realized I, I could do that. And people understand what I, what, what I was saying and what I was teaching. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to try it. And then I started to teach for almost uh, um, 13 years. Wow. And I, I still do, do that, but not as a full-time job. Mm-hmm. But then I realized I wanted to try something different. I was also creating some things about uh, sketchnoting and visual thinking, mm-hmm. which I didn't understand at the beginning that they were, they were having a name. And then I started to, to uh, read uh, about it. And then I tried to, to do something related to visual thinking. And now I dedicate a full-time uh, job as a visual thinker. Wow, so. that's really cool. 
So all those, it seems like all the stones were built on top of each other, right? So you had to design education. So you understood space and layout, all those type things, right? And then you did teaching and found mm-hmm. out you're a really good teacher and you did that for 13 years. And now you're switching to teaching visual thinking and sketch noting, those kind of things. So in a lot of ways, the pieces were always there. It's just formed into what it has over time, it seems like, right? Yes. That's really fascinating. What What do you like about teaching so much? I know what I like about teaching. I would love to hear what you like about teaching. I like that you can actually become a, a pro in what you are teaching. You don't understand or you are not aware that you understand something so deeply mm. until you teach to others uh, about that. But it, it's the... Uh, sharing the knowledge it's the the way i i i find out that it was a a, a very good uh, way of me to to work because i i never thought it uh, as i as i was saying i as a designer you you think you always think that you are going to end up designing mm-hmm. in a maybe in a big firm or your own firm and i i as an industrial designer you create products i used to have my own uh a jewelry design mm. um, a goods, and I I still do that sometimes, but mm. I'm not do that anymore. My main project was uh, interior design, so mm. I always thought uh, that I was going to be an interior designer. But I I get in one job that it was really um, it was really good, but exhausting and exhaust myself a lot for years. And that was it. Every day, every night, we uh, end up uh, working all night long to to do some things. So when I started the master's degree, I relaxed. And I started to to think that maybe I don't want to work full-time in in a company Mm -hmm. because I was super, super uh, burnout. And I enjoy my my two and a half years in the in the master degree. So when when someone asked me to teach, I I thought it was really easy. Mm. And I say, well, I'm I'm going to try. I'm not sure about it, but I'm going to try. Mm. It's related to design. It was only a few hours a day. So it it was uh, as as I was wanted, not a full time job. And mm. I said, okay, I'm I'm going to do it. But little by little, I started to realize in that first semester that it was really awesome to share what I was learning. And I was learning in, in, my, in my master and also in my, in my career and let them know what was going to be ahead of them mm. and how you can uh, manage to, to uh, guide them in that process mm. and make them sure that everything is going to be okay. It's a bumpy ride. You need to work. But in the end, if you like this, and if you are a, a, a true designer by heart, because the skills you are going to get them, get them mm-hmm. it's, it, it's going to be okay. So that leads me to become uh, the head of the industrial design program for seven years mm-hmm. in that university. So it was like a two uh, works, two, two jobs, because I was teaching and I was guiding them in the whole process yeah. of becoming an industrial design. So what I like was the guidance part, mm. because I get to become not, not just a guide, but someone that was aware of everything in the process, mm. everything in their lives, but also 
the design life. Mm. And I think I really love that part of, of my job. Mm. That's really interesting. So you, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked if you had not gone through the pain, right? Like yes. going through all the trouble. It's something that struck me that you said was, um, I was doing this interior design working day and night. I was having burnout. And then I took a master's degree to relax. It's like, who takes a master's degree to relax? You must have been going insane, right? Like to to be that busy. So shifting to a more structured, regulated life, even though it was probably like, if you really looked at what you did, it was a lot of work and hard work, but related to working too much, it was controlled and it had its place, right? So yes. when you're done with university and school, you close the book and then you go have your life and come back. So really interesting. But it was an environment. That that's the thing. That that's that's the beauty of teaching and in and college. It's an environment, and yes. I love that. And you can craft that environment, right? Because I've been in a college, and I could definitely see the fingerprints. So the head of our program, I was a big fan of our of the program I was in, and it was a technical school where I attended. So it's really only a two year program. So they had to be very specific, and to be exacting, right? Because, hey, I've only got you for two years. If you're going to leave in two years and take a job at a company with my name on the program, you have to be pretty good, right? So there was no wasted, there was no wasted credits in that education. It was all aimed toward practical things, right? And I could see definitely that Howard, who was the head of the program, sort of had very high standards and you knew you had to work for it. And if you worked for it, he would recognize it. But when you I just realized when I would work to that level and get his approval, like I would, I was really happy with the work that I did. Right. So like you're saying, you've been through it. He had worked in industry. I think he worked in the car industry in Detroit. So he knew what it was like to have late nights and how tough it could be. Right. And so he, he would talk about that at times, like what it's, what it's going to be like when you get out of here, here's why we're doing this because when you get out, you'll be prepared for it, you know, and sort of gave us that, a sense of like what the future would be like. And he was right. When I got into the business, he was exactly right. He prepared me really well for what I would face. So I could see the same thing in what you're saying, right? You, you're sort of helping them maybe not to have the experience that you had quite as much to be burned out, right? Like to manage it a little bit more maybe, or at least know that what you're getting into, right? <laughs> that, 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 you know what, what you're getting to because there's no way you can uh, you you can let them not happen that yeah. because yeah. it's going to happen. They need to learn, but as at least they need to know what is going to. It's happen. not the end of the world, right? You can make it through, right? <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. And I would imagine, as the head of the program, when you were there, not only were you guiding the students, but you were guiding the other teachers to make sure that everybody was in alignment. And you know, when the student goes from one teacher to the next one, they're not saying something so different that now the, because again, it goes back to the student experience. If they, if they have a really good experience in first hour and then they come to second hour and they're confused, now they're, you know, you're putting a lot of burden on the students. So I'm sure that you were probably managing that as well and that guidance for the teachers as well. Yes. And the program and also the program, all, all, everything about the program, we were consulted because of course it's this university has at that, at that moment, a uh, 28 uh, uh, campus campuses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's, that, it's I, quite I big then. And uh, it, it is very big. 
it is the second, well, sometimes the first, it's a bigger and then it's the second one. It's about uh, managing things. Yeah. And uh, we were, a, a, a lot of all, all the campuses and all the uh, programs have the, their own head and mm. we want, we have a, the, the bigger one, mm -hmm. which, which we need to respond to it. So every year we, we went to Monterey to talk about what, what, what it was happening in, mm. uh, in the major, what, what was happening with the uh, teachers and everything in the program and the field, because the, the working field in Mexico was starting to open more for industrial designers, but it wasn't always that way. So it, it, it was really good. It was a good time, but very exhausting also, which was very strange because I didn't want that, but I had three years to adjust Mm. And then again, a full-time job with a lot of responsibility, a lot of hours, but this one I, I really love. Mm. So, okay. So now you're, uh, let's take back to, you're now industrial design, head of industrial design for this university. What changes to move you away toward, like you discover uh, visual thinking and sketch noting and stuff. What drew you into that? And then how does that look today? Like what things are you working on today? What does your life look like today? And how does that compare to where you work? Okay, well, I I always uh, do uh, uh, these visual notes, mm -hmm. and I didn't know I didn't know they have a name. <laughs> yep, that's I, very common. <laughs> yes, I, I noticed, but also I thought it was because I was an, a designer. I I think I have done it all, all my life, mm. but I realized that a lot of people in my uh, in 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 my uh, major did the same. Not as this, not as as well or as the same as I was doing. Not mm -hmm. all of them, but it was a lot of them. So I say, okay, this is a skill. Okay, I didn't know the the name, but I, I thought it was a skill. It is a good skill because that that gets you visualize everything, every part, uh, the the structure, uh, all the textures, uh, the how people get involved in all the all the uh, the design that you are creating so i thought it was that when i was working i uh, because it was an, an interior design i created these little uh, exhibitions and little uh, thumbnails about what i'm going to create in these uh, window shoppings or all the ex inside exhibitions and all the whole the whole uh, uh, design the whole interior design but in 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 these little thumbnails mm. So when I started my master's degree, I didn't use it as, as I wanted to because it was in color. So it was more about um, creating and analyzing the color from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And it was, I, I integrate color in my, in my process, but not as many uh, sketches or, no, or notes as I used to do that in, in the other uh, parts. Then when I started to teach, you teach, of course, with drawings because it's easier. But again, you you think that it's part of the of the job. Do, it's yeah. part of, <laughs> of the way you can make them understand something. And I don't remember which which uh, book were, was first, but one of two was your book, the the mm. handbook. Mm -hmm. I get that book. I don't remember how, but I get it on Kindle. Because at that mm -hmm. moment I was uh, going full uh, digital 
because I it was better for me. It was easier for me. Mm -hmm. And I want to have all of my books in Kindle and I have yours in Kindle. And I, I remember I read it in a day because it's, it, it's very easy to not just reading because it's, you, are, you are analyzing images. It's mm -hmm. very simple for them to pop up in your brain and stick in your brain. And I realized they have a name that it's called, well, not just the sketch notes because that, that's your word and it's that, that, that is a suitable word, but they know uh, they were called visual notes. Mm -hmm. They were called also sketch notes. And this whole package went from a different perspective, from a different type of, of thinking that it's visual thinking. Mm -hmm. I started to, to research more, more about it. I started to buy a lot of uh, books about, about the, the topic and I started to make my own research in my, in my groups because sometimes I do have two, two groups for, for the same subject. So I started to teach only one group mm. with the sketch notes and the other group without the sketch notes. Like a control, control group, group, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the same, the same information. And in the exams, oh, oh, everything, of, of course, it was in the theory, theory major, because if not, you, you don't have a way to, to, um, to know what happening, what is happening. Mm -hmm. So I created these exams and the people that were talked with the uh, sketch notes do better in the exams than mm -hmm. the other ones. Interesting. So I realized that that the information pops because it was more interesting for, for them to see me drawing and explain the old information and then they draw in the information the same way hmm. than the others. The others, I was assured that I was, I was sure that their bodies were there, but not their minds. Uh. And in the other group, everything were there. They hmm. were in the in the group in the group in the class and engage where I was uh, teaching. Mm. So I realized that was working. And wow. little by little, it, it went uh, from, because of course I started to do that when I wasn't uh, a full-time uh, professor in there. Then I transitioned into the head of the program. And the last year I, I uh, come back to only the research and uh, full-time teaching uh, as, as, a, as a way of living. At that moment, uh, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of professors and a lot of departments in my university started to ask me to uh, train their uh, professors in this, not in visual thinking, mm -hmm. but in design thinking and storytelling, but I do this through visual thinking. I see, so you snuck it in. <laughs> yes, because it, it, it is easier. So what happened was that a lot of people there, a lot of teachers and professors in that, uh, in that moment started to ask me to take this to their companies. Mm. And I say, okay, at first I wasn't sure about it. I say no a lot of times. I said, no, mm. if you want, we can do this through the university. But I didn't have the confidence of, doing mm -hmm. that by myself mm -hmm. and because I was at the head of the program but when I uh, get back when I stop being the, the head of the of, of the program and just a, a professor I realized that maybe that could be something that, mm -hmm. that I can try because I started to feel burnout but in a different way mm -hmm. it, it was more about the doing the same thing every day every semester mm -hmm. 
And I needed a change. So I started to think about it as a possibility. And here I am. I, I managed mm. to do that. It wasn't that simple, but, but I think I'm on the right path right now. Mm. Wow, that's really interesting. It's interesting to me that, so the other thing that I pick up from is the professors asked you to teach at their company. So obviously, or I'm interpreting that the professors who were teaching were also working, right? So they were working by day and then teaching by day or night, right? The students. So they were, Mm -hmm. they lived in a practical world. So they were teaching what they were, what they knew, but that, that's a really good, a really interesting, um, verification, I guess. I don't know what the word is that, wow, this, they see it's working. Mm -hmm. They, they see this and they want to bring it not only to their students through themselves, but then to their companies. So they saw the value of it. Yes. That's really fascinating. Is here's a question that just occurred to me. Do you think there is some visual thinking um, history in uh, Mexican culture that maybe helps this or is it just like any other culture? Like, is there something about Mexican culture that we, we have a very visual way of thinking of things or is there any kind of um, something in the background that makes, makes this line up and makes sense? I, I haven't really thought about it, but now that, now that you asked me, maybe, I'm not sure how, how can I uh, tell you, but I'm, I'm going to try. The thing is, in Mexico, it, the, the culture, the, the, the very first beginning of, of, a, of a culture, it's about uh, pictograms. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's, that's probably, what I think I'm thinking of, yeah. Yeah, but, but of, of course, there's, there, there's no way that maybe we carry them <laughs> in, in, in the genes, but yeah. not necessarily uh, are, we are aware of it. But right. our, our main culture, main language, were about pictograms. Hmm. The color in, in the country is very white because of, of the way of the sun oh, <laughs> gets yes. the, the, yeah. the, the lighting here. And we have a specific uh, um, um, nature and um, word, no, not word, uh, dirt and colors embedded mm. in everything around us. Mm-hmm. The sea, the mountains, the animals, uh, birds, everything is very colorful. Okay. And it's represented in our culture. For example, the yeah. day of death, it's very colorful and it's yes. very beautiful. Mm-hmm. So probably we are more aware and open to receive uh, visual thinking, mm. uh, uh, ways of, of communicating. Mm. But I'm not sure that it's now. Probably 100, 300 years ago, yeah. probably. Now I think we are as any other country. Yeah. Probably. I'm, I need to, to, to uh, research more about this. <laughs> yeah, that was just an interesting thought that struck me as I started to think about it and I didn't know if you would have an answer. Yeah. And maybe, it would, maybe it's maybe more subconscious, right? Because you see probably. it around you all the time and maybe the, like you say, the sun and maybe the past culture brings all these colors and pictograms or whatever. But I, that's really interesting. That it, it could be depending of the region. For example, mm-hmm. the, the cities. Mexico, um, Monterrey, Guadalajara, Querétaro, probably they don't because they are full in the, in, in the city life. Okay. Probably the people inside that, uh, that regions, probably they don't know or they are not yeah. aware. But the other regions, they mm. maybe are more aware of, uh, of the culture because 
we still have a, a very rich culture about this. Yes. Probably then. Yeah, I suppose in the city, maybe you just have the clash of different ideas, right? So that's maybe yes. there, but it's like any other city, right? So, I mean, there's maybe that, but yeah, I don't know where that came from, but I thought that was really interesting. It makes me wonder anyway. <laughs> so now, um, now the work you're doing, tell us a little bit about the work you're doing now. It sounds like you're doing teaching. I see mm -hmm. you doing things on Instagram and other places as well. Uh, what kind of things are you up to these days? Who are, who's your audience and who are you teaching? Is it very narrow or is it pretty wide? I, I think it's a still a wider, but I'm trying to narrow it, narrow my, my audience. Mm -hmm. I have two types of audience because I, I try to work with, uh, with an, an audience, a community. Mm -hmm. That is what it's seen. It's been seen in, in Instagram, but also I work with companies. Okay. And in the middle, in those, uh, in those um, f different fields, because they are different fields, I realized it was one in the middle mm -hmm. that started in the pandemic uh, uh, area that we are now, that is the uh, entrepreneur. Because uh -huh. uh, the thing is, what, what I started to, to create was some, some way of companies become more visual in their thinking and collaboration. Mm -hmm. So my whole uh, uh, business was trying to to um, get up that way. So I I started to work with companies uh, mm. two years, three years ago because I, that's the way that, that's the time I I stopped being a full time teacher yeah. in 2008 uh, 18. So I started this as as a hobby. More not 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 calling them a business because I didn't know what was going to to happen, yeah. but I started to work with companies. And in there, what I do, what I, what I sell first was uh, graphic recording and um, training for their for their people on visual thinking and how they could get this uh, type of thinking in inside the company. Mm -hmm. But then they asked us to create um, more like the visualization of the company. Mm. how they were creating things, how they, they were uh, managed in these uh, little fields inside the company. Mm. So I visualized that. I, I created visuals with, with that. And then the COVID comes, came, and <laughs> everything went on stop because yeah. they stop, right? Yeah. So I was started to create more about uh, the community because I was starting little by little, but I wasn't really focused on, on a community in, in social media, for example. Mm. And I started in LinkedIn and in Instagram. And the one that started to, to respond a little bit more was Instagram. So mm. I focused more on, on Instagram and creating connections around the world. And then I realized that people really want to know about this because they they see someone uh, drawing and they don't know what is happening. They like it. Mm -hmm. They wish they they could do that, but yeah. they they thought that probably is something about becoming a good uh, drawer, and it, that is not the case. You mm -hmm. don't have to really know about to draw, not the way they, they think, right, right. To, to become a, a, a visual thinker, for example. Mm -hmm. So I realized people were really intrigued about this. So mm -hmm. I just started to create as somehow let them know for free because they wanted to, 
to be free because they don't want to invest in something that they don't know. Yeah. And that's the thing. Mexico, in Mexico, they don't know that there's something called about sketch notes or mm-hmm. visual thinking. They, they don't know. They When you explain that, they come around and say, oh, yes, and I done it. Done it. But they, by themselves, they don't know. So I started to create and to teach through Instagram every every uh, week something related to to visual thinking mm-hmm. or how to to create your own your first icons or something like that mm-hmm. related to what you are doing and then uh, while I, while I was doing this clubhouse came up mm-hmm. and it wasn't the the way I, I thought about because it's a uh, uh listening up yeah it's and audio audio, audio only yeah <laughs> yes it's audio only <laughs> you don't get anything visual about your photo and i when i was introduced to this uh app i at first i didn't know how to expect about it mm-hmm. but i realized that maybe people wanted to cre- to have something for from the the rooms that wasn't that ephemeral because if mm. you distract yourself in in anything, you don't get what was that was saying. Mm-hmm. You, because you you get distracted dis- distracted because we as humans are more drawn to visuals than yeah. to listening things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I offer my services as a graphic recorder for a, a clubhouse rooms. Wow! Wow! We started to 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 be interested people started to be interested in, in that mm-hmm. and i started to do that also so that drawn the other field that i told you the entrepreneurs they yeah. wanted yeah. to guide to be guided in this uh, uh, in this uh, topic in visual thinking and sketch notes for their own uh, businesses mm-hmm. and that was another way of uh, mm. in, uh, the next level of my business so pretty so- much so in some ways you allowed things to emerge for you right so you would proceed in a way that made sense to you Mm -hmm. and suddenly hey clubhouse this is thing where people are talking and everybody forgets when they're done and there's no recording so what if i record there or instagram hey there's people that want to know about it they have no connection i can make that connection and then Mm -hmm. you pursue those things yes that's that's really really cool the way you just allowed yourself to be ready for this to emerge. Like you had to be open enough that it would come to you and you could try it. Mm-hmm. And then, Hey, this actually works pretty well. So the one question there is um, on Instagram, were you, were you teaching in Spanish Yes. and seeking the Spanish okay, audience? And what about clubhouses? Is this also the same? So you listened to Spanish speakers and then produced sketch notes for them in native language that they could reflect on? Was that all the same? That, that, that's exactly, I, I had managed to get to uh, one or two rooms in English because it's it's something that, that I can do. But I yeah. realized with not just Clubhouse, but the way I was uh, uh, sensing the, the business here in, in not just Mexico, but in, in Spanish uh, uh, speakers, mm-hmm. is that we don't have a lot of people doing this mm-hmm. and getting exposed in 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 the community because of course there's there's no way there's only two or three people in mexico 
but they are not exposed, right? Yeah. right? So, yeah. and, and even though it's a minority. So I realized that I could probably do both English and Spanish, but that divides my attention, divides my brain and divides everything. Yeah. So I said, no, I prefer to be more focused, at least for now, but be more focused on building mm -hmm. a community in Mexico that, uh, mm -hmm. that is aware of the benefits of visual thinking, that they already uh, see these benefits, but they don't know what it, what, what ha the, how they can work with it. But not just Mexico, Latin America, mm -hmm. every every. A Spanish speaker, even in Spain, because in Spain mm -hmm. you have a lot of uh, visual thinkers there. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't know how it's not it's not as good as exposure. I don't know why they aren't exposed a lot. As for example, mm. the, the Germans, they are very big yes. community, but not in Spain. So I realized that probably could be a good thing just focusing on on Spanish speakers. And in Clubhouse, when I uh, get to the to the app, was because of the Spanish uh, uh, speakers were inside yes. the the app, so we created a community in Spanish. Okay. So that's why it was a very. I think every, everything started to to align mm. uh, for me to focus only in Spanish speakers. So that's mm -hmm. why I only do that. But I have a skill and a skill share, two skill shares uh, courses in English for the people that want it. But it's not it's not a necessary uh, something that I that I say in my Spanish community, for example, mm -hmm. because it's mm -hmm. in English. Mm. Well, I think that's um, I think it's really important. One thing that I've, that's always been interesting to me is uh, my book is not translated into Spanish. We really struggled. It's been, well, I don't know, eight years now or something, right? 2012, so nine years. And we would sort of have people that were interested, but it would never go any further. And I, my book is not necessarily easy to translate. Any visual thinking book is probably not easy to translate because probably. you have to have somebody redo some work. So I always thought, found that really interesting. So I wonder if there's something to that. But I'm really happy that you're pursuing this in Spanish because I think the thing that I learned from the German translation and the French translation and these other translations, it's really important that the book feels like it's in my language and it speaks to me, right? Like that's just yeah. a great way to be, right? Like as a user experience person, you want that to be natural. And the thing I remember from the Chinese version was the translator talked to me about, okay, these are really interesting idioms that you're using, but they're very much American idioms she had to translate those into Chinese idioms that would make sense to a Chinese audience. Same concept, but the way you, sh the way you t share it was different, right? So that made me aware, like, there's probably the same thing in Mexico, right? If someone translate that, would translate that book, not everything would exactly one-to-one -one match. So you would need someone to put that in a, in a way that makes sense to a Mexican mind and a Mexican thinking a little bit, right? So I'm really happy that you're doing this work and you're doing, you know, you're another really great voice. Thank you so much for the work you're doing. So I appreciate it. Thank you. You're doing, you're I, doing I, great really, work. I really like everything that has to do with it. So I, I probably is the same for everybody else. Yeah. You were the right person at the right time. So 
that's very exciting. Uh, last question in this space is, you mentioned pandemic a few times and how it shifted business. What are some things that that make you excited about the future, even in the middle of a pandemic? Are there some things that you, and it can be anything like, I like to go gardening, gardening every night after I do my work or, you know, uh, something like that. What, what would something that you would say that makes you happy or makes you optimistic about well, the future? There are a, a few things I can recall to, uh, uh, at least now. The first one is that I get to know a lot of people uh, around the world mm -hmm. intentionally because everything was uh, being opened and because the people don't know what is going, what was going to happen and what was about the future, the future of COVID and everything that was going to happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It started to share a lot of knowledge and particularly in visual thinking. Mm -hmm. So I get everything that I could uh, find out in Zoom, in every language, in every field I was in, everything. So I, I, it, it was, it's insane because it was music, it was painting, it was a digital um, a marketing, it was visual thinking, everything <laughs> that com came up, I was in. But I created a lot of connections and a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know, the sense of, of not getting isolated in a pandemic, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. still in your home, that, yeah. that leads me to the second one, that I was in my home. When I, when I started to create a business, and because I, I say I was born out and I mm. wanted to try a different thing, when I was uh, in, a, in, a, in a country, I don't remember which one, but I was traveling with my husband, mm. I realized with, a, with a, a girl in, I think she was from Portland, I think, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. she, she defined herself as a um, nomad. Uh, oh, yes. A nomad. And, I, and I was wondering about the world. So when I was trying to uh, get in a way of my full-time job and creating something, my main uh, 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 goal was become not as much as a digital nomad, but the way of creating a business in online business mm. that could uh, allow me the freedom of travel and yes. working the same moment, mm. at the same time. But it, it wasn't really easy because the conditions mm. of my country wasn't really easy. That's, that, mm. that's why I... Uh, I resigned my my work because they were they weren't allowed me to teach online from my home. I I had mm. to be there. So I mm. they say no, that doesn't work for me anymore. So I say okay, thanks. I know I don't want to work here anymore. And with pandemic, that came that that dream come true. So my my father mm. says that it took me a pandemic <laughs> to. To, to create, he, he, he says this story like it, it took you to gain the, this virus and find somebody to spread the virus of the world so you can create your own dream <laughs> of becoming, uh, of teaching from your mm. home and doing everything that you wanted by uh, an online business. So that was the, the, the thing that it excites, excites me the most. Mm. Because I get to, to work online 
from my home now because mm-hmm. we cannot <laughs> we cannot be going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, at least in this year, but maybe the next year it's going to be different. Uh, but I I'm working, I'm connecting with people, and I'm doing everything from my home, and that was a, a really a dream come true. Mm. Wow, that's really great to hear. And I can I can attest to everything that I was attending. You seem to be there, so IFEP things, things that I ran, other things, meetups, like everything that like you were always there. So I was like, oh, there's Ari. <laughs> it was great to always have a friend there, you know. So um, I could definitely see you were taking advantage of that opportunity, and it seems like it was a master's degree in pandemic learning for you, yes. almost right. So yes. <laughs> that's really great to hear. So let's shift a little bit. I'm really curious about your favorite tools. And we typically start analog and then digital, um, mainly because there's so much variation in analog um, first. So tell me about favorite pens, pencils, notebooks, I don't know, whatever stuff you like the best. I thought I have them. I have them here also. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I I love them. I I don't use it anymore as much as I wanted because of yeah. my work it's everything is mm-hmm. online yeah. but for example I I learned something I don't remember who I, I think it was uh, uh, Benjamin Felis that said okay. in, the, in the clubhouse uh, room that was with you uh, about the, the failures that he yes. was uh, <laughs> uh, trying a copy uh, marker uh-huh. Uh-huh. and that he didn't like and I say, yeah. oh, I really love them <laughs> because Newland, Newland co- uh, cop- uh, copy, no, Newland markers are very difficult for for Mexico. They they don't get yeah. here yeah. very fast, and they are expensive. expensive. Yeah. Very expensive, yeah. and but it, it, it is because of the of the um, uh, taxes and everything yeah. that comes from tariffs and such. Yeah. Yeah. So. I I started to to create a lot of things with copics with mm. this uh, Tombow uh, markers, uh, Sakura. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a Micron and also yes. all, all everything uh, from Sakura. I love the way when I was in San Diego, I bought a lot of things that I I think I haven't used. Uh, the maybe the half of them because of my work. I I have them. In, in very strong, very, very yeah. good, uh, in very good shape. But I really love those. Copic, uh, Micron, and Sakura are, mm. are, the, are the best. And the other one that I don't know if you know, but it's from United States, it's uh, Chameleon markers. These mm. markers that you uh, shift and touches an uh, alcohol chip, and then you can shade uh, like, oh, I don't uh, know. I don't know about that. No, Come on are from there. I, I, I think they they were from. No, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll have, any, to, we'll have where to take a look. In yeah, United States. We'll definitely put a show a show note link so we can find it. Yeah. I don't know here. I, I don't have I, if I have one here, but anyway, they are really good. I love them. I I saw the video. And mm-hmm. every every way I every time I can buy some of them, I I bought it. Everything yeah. that they have, they are really really good because you mm-hmm. can add shapes shades sorry and um, different types of colors, and they they don't smell as bad as others because it's only yeah. alcohol, but it's a yeah. tiny bit of 
amount of alcohol. So there's that. And for uh, paper, for notebooks, I love your <laughs> notebook, by the way. I love oh, your notebook. You. And also uh, Moleskin, Moleskin notebooks. I really love them. Mm. The, way, the, the ones that have the dots in Oh, yeah, paper, that grid, yeah. I love those also. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, you also do digital, right? Because you're teaching. So what are you using for your digital tools? And what's your favorite tools there? Well, my favorite tool, well, I use an iPad Pro with an okay. pencil. So that helps because mm-hmm. it's it really is like you are uh, drawing in in analog tools. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. the same way. I the first app that I used without an iPad Pro with only an iPad was NoteShelf. The first mm-hmm. NoteShelf that it was the red one, the red icon, and okay. then. Uh, Good notes and Noteshelf 2 came uh, came along, and I used Noteshelf because I really love Noteshelf. I mm. I love the the tools. I I love the way they they uh, the interface for uh, drawing and everything. I I really love that. I really love the um, the iPad uh, app that is called um, Notes. That it's an an Apple app. Oh yeah, the, the yeah the note note taking tool because it has drawing it has drawing capability, right? It's I forget really, about that often. <laughs> yes, because it, it's it's a what it's called an infinite infinite. Uh, oh, infinity canvas. canvas, right? You keep on going and going. Yeah. But but scrolling down and and it's really good. Oh, interesting. And of course, Procreate. It's the 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 way that you that we always work because it's easier, and you can do things uh, and export them to uh, Illustrator and Photoshop and whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, Noteshelf, it's the the app that I use for teaching. So oh, okay. Noteshelf for teaching. Mm-hmm. The others, it's for experimenting or or maybe teach somebody that you don't need to to buy a, an expensive app like is Procreate, mm. you just you can use only what you have. Whatever's on, whatever's on hand, yeah. But, oh, those three, the, those are my my three mm. to go. Mm. Well, it turns out I'm a big fan of NoteShelf. I use it for my presentations <laughs> because it allows me to, so I have a presentation that I work through and then I draw on top yeah. of it, right? I so know. It's really great. It's really great. Um, and. I've just been using uh, Procreate on an illustration project and I really find I like it. it. I think for me, I'm the kind of person who I need a project to to understand a tool. Like I have to force myself to use it. And then I start to explore all the nooks and crannies. Oh, this is really interesting. And that, and Procreate is still complex, right? Like the brush control is beyond me still. You know, I found the brushes I like for now, but um, yeah. So those are very well-known tools. Well, for example, in Procreate, you can create your own shapes. So when mm-hmm. I when I do graphic recording, I create uh, most of the shapes that I know they are going to come up, mm-hmm. and I create the the these brushes with like the stamps of the of the shape, and everything is in 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 a in in in, in one like a library or something. Yes, like an icon, like an icon. And I use them all the time. I created, mm. because of that, I created my own font of like, the one that you are seeing in my background. Yeah, behind you, yeah. That's a font. 
<laughs> ah, okay. and I, I created that in Procreate and it okay. imported in Procreate also. Oh, that's really interesting. I'll have to explore. I, I never think to look at the, uh, the built-in Apple Notes tool as a drawing tool, but I think those drawing tools have taken, have been updated quite a bit. So that's, yeah. that could be an interesting for, thing for people who are on the call, who are on the podcast, who have had an iPad for years and never think to use the Notes app. And it actually is quite powerful. So I have to explore that a little bit. Thank you for reminding me <laughs> about that. <laughs> So Ari, how can people find you? What's the best place to see your teaching and see what you're producing? I think on Instagram and things, what, and then what is your handle there so we can find you or a website? Any of those things would be great to share. Well, I, I have a, web, a website that it's called my brand, my, because it's not, not just as personal brand. My brand is a storytelling, like the mm. uh, a storytelling uh, tool, but misspelled. It's with a with a nine and with a K in the end. Mm. So it, it's a storytelling uh, dot com, and in Instagram the same way with my name or uh, or a storytelling. You can okay. find me in Instagram. We'll make sure and get those for the show notes so people can find you quickly. Yeah. I could read it out, but it's probably better to have the link. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Well, this has been so good to have you on the show, Ari. You're just such a wonderful person. And I love hearing the story that you, you know, coming from where you were to where you are now and the voice that you have in this, especially in the Spanish speaking community, which I think is so important and just, you know, so willing to learn and teach and give really thank you for being part of our community. It's really good to have you as part of it. And I'm really proud of the work you're doing. Thank you. You're so welcome. Well, for everyone who's listening to the show, this will wrap another episode of the Sketchnote Army podcast. Until the next episode, we'll talk to you soon. The Sketchnote Army podcast was created by me, Mike Rohde, and brought to you by Rohde Design Studios. It's produced and edited by Alec Polianis of Amp Creative Studios. The theme music was created by John Schiedemeyer. To support the creation of this show, I invite you to buy one of my books, The Sketchnote Handbook or The Sketchnote Workbook. You can find the books on Amazon or go to peachpit.com and use the code RODI40 for 40% off. Please share this podcast with other visual thinking friends and be sure to leave a nice rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app so others can find the show.